Welcome to episode 32 of The Postcast. I'm Cassie Stein, and with me is my co-host, Sean Fairholm. Today, we talk about the Walker Cup. For those who don't know, the Walker Cup is a biannual match between 10 amateurs from the United States and 10 amateurs from Great Britain and Ireland. The match rotates between courses in the United States and Great Britain and Ireland, and this year's event, starting on Saturday, is being held at Los Angeles Country Club in California. Even though you might not recognize every player on the teams, you will recognize some of the names if you aren't an amateur golf guru. Scotty Scheffler is on the U.S. team, who was low amateur at the U.S. Open this year. Doc Redmond just won the U.S. Amateur a few weeks ago. And Braden Thornberry finished tied for fourth at the PGA Tours FedEx St. Jude Classic in June, a week after winning the NCAA Individual Championship. They will be led by Captain John Spider-Miller. On the GB&I side, led by their captain, Craig Watson, you should recognize the name Alfie Plant, who was a low amateur at the Open Championship this year. And they have three players who played or play or play college golf in the States that are on the team. David Boot graduated from Stanford. Harry Ellis goes to Florida State University and, also, and, uh, and is also the amateur champion, while Paul McBride goes to Wake Forest. The all-time series record between the two teams is 35-9-1 in favor of the United States. And now, for the first time ever, we welcome on Global Golf Post founder and publisher and amateur golf insider Jim Nugent to the postcast. And now, for the first time, we welcome Global Golf Post founder, publisher, and amateur golf insider Jim Nugent to the postcast. Nugent, how are you doing today? Thank you very much for uh, having me on. It's a pleasure to be with you, too. Nuge, let's get right into uh, what is a highly anticipated Walker Cup at LA Country Club. Some controversy with the U.S. team skipping on College Player of the Year Sam Burns and a couple of strong uh, mid-amateurs like uh, Scott Harvey. What did you make of the 10 players who ended up being selected? Well, I think what happened here is um, the USGA was faced with a situation where they had uh, a pretty clear idea of who the first eight were going to be. Um, by the by, the time of the completion of the uh, U.S. Amateur or nearing the completion of the U.S. Amateur, um, there were seven guys who had really kind of separated themselves for everybody else. And then uh, Doc Redmond went out and won the U.S. Amateur. And as is the tradition, the USGA uh, puts the U.S. Amateur champion on the squad in years where the Walker Cup is played. So you had eight pretty solid guys. And then you had... Uh, a list of, of, you know, it could as could be as many as 10 deep of other uh, candidates, other hopefuls. And there was no clear separation really between them. They, they all could make a, a reasonable claim to belong on the team. And I think that absent that separation, absent uh, any compelling choices, um, they did what they have done from time to time, and that is to recognize uh, USGA performance, USGA pedigree, if you will. And so instead of Sam Burns <clears throat> and then instead of uh, Scott Harvey, uh, they they went with two players who have uh, demonstrated excellence uh, at, at, uh, in USGA competitions. And, and so one of them was Will Zala Torres from Texas, a Wake Forest golfer who won the uh, U.S. Junior. And the other was Scotty Scheffler, who's going into his senior year at Texas, who's also a past U.S. junior player, but also was a low amateur at the uh, uh, U.S. Open this summer and has represented the United States uh, uh, in international team competition. So it was uh, USGA pedigree that was used, in my mind, to select the uh, final two players. 
And really, at the end of the day, um, I, I can't fault the USGA. The two that they selected were as good as any two that uh, they, they could have otherwise chosen from the list of uh, available candidates. There's been a lot of talk in creating a ranking system like the Ryder Cup or the Solheim Cups as opposed to the USGA just picking 10 players without really knowing a qualifying process. What is the likelihood of that coming in, in the future? I don't see it happening anytime in the future. Um, the USGA has uh, chosen the excuse me, chosen the Walker Cup team in this fashion for a very long time. Um, It's not the most transparent system. They will acknowledge that. Um, I think the point that the USGA makes when uh, when this subject comes up, and it does come up every two years, is that there's more to just on-course performance when selecting the Walker Cup team. So uh, uh, issues off the golf course, such as character, such as, as I just said, USGA pedigree, those factor into the selection of the team. And those kinds of things uh, are are not necessarily reflected in a points ranking or a performance ranking. So I I don't think they're likely to change that anytime soon. There's some serious depth in this match. And let's start with the European side, captained by Craig Watson. They have Alfie Plant, who played so well in winning the silver medal at, at Royal Burkdale for the Open Championship. Connor Syme, the, the Scot, who made a pretty nice run at the U.S. Amateur. Scott Gregory won the Amateur Championship last year and played in three majors. What stands out to you about this team? Well, you hit it on the head, depth. Um, it, it's our Colin Callender, who's our, um, the Global Golf Post amateur beat reporter over in the U.K., <clears throat> made this uh, comment yesterday on paper, and the match has never played on paper, obviously. But on paper, this may be one of the strongest teams that uh, Great Britain and Ireland has assembled for the Walker Cup uh, in a while. So I, I think that, that uh, uh, when, when we have, when the United States has has won solidly, it's usually because of depth. It's usually because our eight, nine, and ten players are better, sometimes much better than their eight, nine, and ten. I don't think that's going to be the case this year. I think you're looking at a very strong team. Uh, you're looking at a confident team, all of these kids that performed at a very high level for some period of time. And you can't uh, deny the fact that right now they hold the Walker Cup. It's it's theirs to lose. And, and I don't think they're coming over here with any intention of uh, leaving the cup behind. And then we head over to the American side where the team had several surprises, as we just talked about, but is still loaded with talent. You have Braden Thornberry, who won the Jones Cup, the NCAA's Individual Championship, at a top five at a PGA Tour event, Colin Morikawa, he's out of Kale. He had an outstanding summer. Stuart Hagestad was the low am at the Masters and then now has home course advantage at LACC. What sticks out to you about the American side now? Well, Hagestad is uh, interesting on a, uh, for a couple of reasons. Uh, first of all, there are those that don't consider him a mid-amateur. Um, he's 25 years old, so that qualifies, but he's not so far removed from school. And he doesn't kind of fit the, the profile of, of what most people think as far as mid-amateurs, which is to say men with, with jobs, careers, oftentimes family. Um, Stu doesn't have any of that. Um, he, he's almost a college player more than he's a mid-amateur. Um, the other reason that he's, he's interesting and I think going to be important is he has a, a considerable amount of local knowledge from LACC, more than anybody else on the team, more than Captain Spider Miller. 
And I think early in the week, it's going to be important for uh, Stuart to be working with some of the kids on, you know, just sight lines and, and, and uh, tips on, on how to attack the golf course, when to attack the golf course, where to attack the golf course. So I think he's going to be a very vital element in the uh, U.S. Uh, uh, outcome of the Walker Cup. Unlike some of the recent Walker Cups, there, there won't really be a, a veteran presence on either team. Plant is the oldest for the Europeans at 25 years old, and, and as you said, Stewart is, is only 26 for the Americans. No Mike McCoy or, or Scott Harvey in the room this time. Could that element of the matches kind of be missed by those involved, regardless of how these matches turn out? It's going to be interesting to, to watch that. You know, the last couple of Walker Cups, there's been uh, uh, two uh, mid-amateurs. Uh, Todd White and Nathan Smith played uh, uh, for the U.S. side at National Golf Links. And then uh, uh, Scott Harvey and, and Mike McCoy played uh, over at, at Lytham. And that element is, is missing. Um, I think you need to look at uh, young Maverick McNeely to step up and kind of be the, the, the team leader, the elder statesman, if you will, because he's the only uh, player on the American side who has Walker Cup experience. He was at the uh, Lytham beatdown that, that we suffered. So he, he knows the cauldron. He knows what the Walker Cup is about. And I expect him to become the uh, team leader. We're seeing more and more players on the GB&I team go to college in the States now. David Boot went to Stanford. Harry Ellis is at Florida State. Paul McBride is at Wake Forest. And they play more of them at a good chunk of the golf courses that these kids play at. Do you? Does this give them a little bit more advantage coming over to the States now? I think it gives them um, uh, a little bit more confidence. Um, not, not necessarily, and confidence is certainly an, an advantage. Um, They've played with these guys, you know. They, they've played with them in college events. They've played with them in amateur events, the Jones Cup and the like. And, and I don't think that there's a, a fear factor there. I think they feel like they're the peers of, of some of the better American players. And, and so if you've got that kind of confidence, it's got to help you. And if they can share that confidence with the, the teammates that haven't played much golf in America, it's going to help. We've talked a lot about the players. Now let's turn our attention for a moment to the venue, the north course of LA Country Club, an old George Thomas design that was extensively renovated in 2010. We know that it is extremely exclusive, and we know that they'll be holding, holding a U.S. Open there in six years' time, but it's not a venue golf fans will be particularly familiar with, is it? No, in a real sense, it's kind of a coming out uh, party for uh, LACC North. Um, uh, a spectacular golf course. Obviously, it uh, must be or it wouldn't be hosting either the Walker Cup or the U.S. Open down the road. Um, the redesign uh, that uh, was implemented by uh, Gil Hans is, by all accounts, uh, a spectacular uh, uh, redesign and that the, the golf course has never been better than it has been. There's, there's a new wave of, of people leading LACC, uh, a younger generation, if you will, who really firmly believe that it, uh, LACC is one of the very finest golf clubs anywhere in the world, not just in America. And they've kind of taken the lead here in trying to uh, reaffirm its, its position as, as one of the greats. It began with the creation of a mid-amateur tournament about five years ago called the George Thomas uh, Invitational that uh, in a very short period of time has become one of the three most important mid-amateur events uh, in the United States. Then there was the Walker Cup, and, and then they went after and, and successfully 
bid for the uh, U.S. Open. So it, it, it will be a revelation to many people as they watch it on television, but it's one that we're going to get used to seeing over the next couple of years. Nuge, we have 12 hours of live Walker Cup action being shown on Fox, and I know I'll be glued to the TV um, all, all weekend. And it feels like there's just an increased buzz around amateur golf in general these days. Do you see a day in the near future where more amateur events receive TV coverage and maybe increased popularity? Well, um, in a sense, in a narrow sense, yes. Um, I think uh, Golf Channel has uh, uh, discovered through the the telecast of the NCAA uh, championships the last couple of years that there is an appetite for uh, amateur golf and that if it's scheduled properly, which is to say uh, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, when pro golf is not on the airwaves, uh, that it can find a home on television at Golf Channel. Um, the the Walker Cup is obviously going to be on Fox, but I think there are other amateur events out there looking at the possibility of having the tournament air on Golf Channel. The the only issue, and it's a big one, is the cost. It's it's not inexpensive to uh, get that airtime and and to produce the the, the golf tournament. Uh, but I I don't think that stopped a couple of tournaments from taking a hard look at it, and I think it would be. Uh, overall, a very positive uh, thing for the amateur game in America. Nuge, before we let you go, any predictions on whether you think this will be a close match, or are you making anybody the, the favorite here? You know, I, you got to give the U.S. Uh, um, uh, a little bit of a, a, a nod uh, because they're on home soil. Um, they are uh, the, the the challenger. They don't hold the cup, and I think uh, once this team gets together and, and thinks about the mission. They're not going to want uh, Captain Spider Miller to go 0-2 in his Walker Cup career. I think they're going to find that as a rallying point to uh, let him go out as a, a winner. So I, I give the U.S. just a, a slight advantage, but I think it's going to be much closer than uh, most people might otherwise think. Well, Cassie and I are definitely looking forward to it. I'm sure you are as well. And thanks so much for stopping by and, and enjoy the weekend. Thank you very much for having me on, guys. I appreciate it very much. And thank you so much to Jim Nugent for stopping by. That was a lot of fun. It's our first time having him on the postcast and no better reason to have him on than talking about the the Walker Cup. Cassie, uh, as you mentioned in the intro, 35-9-1, the margin for the United States overall. But since 1989, the last 14 matches have been split 7-7. What do you expect in terms of uh, who is favored or whether this, this is going to be a, a close match for the Walker Cup? You know, I think Nuge uh, knocked it on the head. He said, on paper, the GB&I team looks really deep. You know, mm-hmm. they have great depth. It's their eight, nine, and ten spots, which you, you don't, you can't even number these kids, um, these players. They're they're gonna they're gonna be solid players that go up against these Americans. So, I I, I think it's gonna be a really close match. Also, like he said, I think it's gonna be a lot closer than people think, and I think. Again, like Nuge said, I, he was incredible speaking today. I think the Americans are going to have a little bit more chip on their shoulder just because they don't want um, their captain to go 0-2 um, out of these matches because normally they rotate them every two matches. Agreed. I think both captains probably had a, a good two dozen players that they could have picked for this team. And I read quotes from both Craig Watson and Spider Miller saying that they had a very difficult time getting this down to just 10 guys. And of course, when the Walker Cup is only contested over a two-day period, you have the morning foursomes, 
and you have the singles matches in each afternoon, it's such a quick time period. You just never really know what can happen in that in that time period. Who's going to play well? Who's going to succumb to the pressure? We'll see what happens. It'll be it'll be very interesting to uh, to watch this go down, and we can both watch it go down on Fox. They're going to have. Uh, 12 hours of live golf coverage. They're going to have a, a few hours in the morning for the morning foursomes and then uh, three hours in the afternoon for the afternoon singles each day. So uh, we are, we're very excited to uh, get this Walker Cup underway. It's it's a fun event every couple of years, isn't it? It really is. And I've actually been to three of them, hmm. um, both on um, in the States and over in um Great Britain and Ireland, and there's something. It's it honestly gets me just as excited about the Ryder Cups and Solheim Cups that you watch on TV. These these players are the future of the PGA Tour and the European Tour, and they're a lot of fun to watch. And they get so into it; they love representing their country and just the great golf that they play. It'll be on display this weekend for sure. I have to ask you, I've never been to a Walker Cup. What is that scene like on the first tee for the, for the first match? Is We know the scene for the Solheim Cup. It's very rowdy and the same thing for the Ryder Cup. What are the nerves like on the, on the first tee that are kind of palpable in the air for the Walker Cup? Um, I, I, it's still a lot of fun. You know, there's a lot of um, team spirit for both sides. There's a lot of um, U.S. flags waving when it's on this side, this side of the Atlantic and there's a lot of support over there um, when it's on that side. So um, I was at Marion Golf Club in 2009, and um, and then I went to Royal Aberdeen in 2011, and then uh, Nuge mentioned National Golf Links in 2013, so I was there too. And um, it, it's just really exciting. These players get so into it. Even the families get into it. Um, it's just a lot of fun, and you hear roars all over the course. You know, you wonder who it's for. It's mostly for the home team, but you just never know. And it's just a lot, a lot of fun. And like I said, it's the future of the PGA Tour and the European Tours. So you get to see these players before they actually make it, and it's a lot of fun. And just them representing their country is great. Yeah, well, we're really looking forward to the Walker Cup. Can't wait to uh, to get into a uh, competition on uh, on saturday and sunday uh can't can't wait for that so uh everybody hope you enjoyed the the interview with jim nugent we're gonna be back in two weeks time to uh c- continue with the uh with the postcast for uh for sean fairholm uh and cassie stein hope everyone has a nice day